Good morning, and welcome to uh, Ultimate Health Radio. Uh, we're excited to talk about another just uh, great session of the spiritual side of health. So I'm Dr. Brad Shapiro. I've got uh, Pastor Josh Conrad with me. Good, hey. good morning, Hello. sir. Hello. <laughs> I'll give our standard disclaimer real quick. Standard disclaimer, please understand that we are not trying to treat you over the airwaves. So if you do have a health care concern, or if we talk about anything that sparks your interest, please seek out the health care provider of your choice, whether it's a chiropractor like myself, physical therapist, medical doctor, massage therapist, dentist, whatever the case may be, please seek out the health care provider of your choice. Then I want to mention our sponsors. First, we have Unstoppable Church, headed up by Pastor Brad Brinkley and staff. Great group of people. They do kind of a rock and roll worship service, and then they're affiliated with a large group called Life Church out of Oklahoma. You can reach them at area code 931-649-2909. Again, that's area code 931-649-2909. And then our second sponsor is Abundant Life Assembly of God Church. Yeah. Uh, with the, I heard that's a pretty good place to go. <laughs> You've heard about it, haven't you? <laughs> so, of course, that's the uh, church where uh, Pastor Josh is the uh, senior pastor. That's the church that myself and my wife, Melissa, and our son, Jackson, attend. But uh, it's just right here in Cowan. It's a yeah. great place. Definitely Dang. recommend you check it out. Yesterday's service was awesome. (laughs) Good things are happening, yes. Man, Holy Spirit was moving. He was, big time. Wow. So what, uh, as we open up today, you know, you were, you uh, and and just the listeners will know, we talk a lot about the three sides of hell. So we talk about how we're we're triune beings, we're mind, body, and spirit, um, and it's important to be healthy in all those regards. But what are some of the um, the changes that you've seen being the, the lead pastor? I think that would be an interesting thing to talk about. And we could jump into all the different sides of health. Man, I'm sure there's like, been a middle emotional man, aspect. Changes in myself. In yourself. Changes uh, in my marriage. <laughs> in your marriage. <laughs> uh, but maybe just kind of give the background of how you became the senior pastor oh, and what that journey's been like so far. It's, uh, it's been a long journey. I, was, uh, I know I was called to the ministry uh, probably at about the age of 23, some, somewhere around there, had a supernatural encounter with the Lord, which I won't go into, unless your listeners, they'll, they'll think I'm crazy, I guess. But we, I believe... <laughs> they, they listen to me, so they know, <laughs> they know we're crazy. I really had a supernatural encounter with the Lord. I I, um, I was going to the Air Force. I'll, I'll just kind of touch on it. I was going to the Air Force, and uh, it, they discovered I had a heart murmur, which I thought I was in top physical shape. You know, I was going into this special operations uh, job, and... Anyway, the the guy at, at MEPS, you know, this guy was probably like 85 years old, you know, and mm-hmm. I, and he he put a stethoscope up to my heart, and he's like, you know, you've got a heart murmur, you can't go into the Air Force today, and I'm like, bro, you need to listen to that again. <laughs> there's yeah. no way. There's no way. Yeah. But about two weeks later, I find myself uh, under the scalpel, having open heart surgery, and uh, and I was recovering from that surgery in one night. Man, I was uh, I was asleep. You know, sometimes God has to get a hold of us when we're asleep. It's an open heart surgery. Open heart surgery. I just want to touch on that real quick. Uh, yeah, you go yeah. from man, I'm going to go into the you yeah, know the military. Man. I'm going to do this to bam, you're having open heart surgery. Having open heart surgery. So yeah. I would say I had a spiritual and a physical heart transformation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it was just a, a time of supernatural just encounter with the Lord. During that that time, uh, I was I was I was in a place of brokenness, trying to get my life straight, you know. So I was distraught, and I'd been going to Abundant Life Church 
maybe a couple months, you mm. know. And, but anyway, I was asleep one night. Like I said, sometimes God just has to get a hold of us when we're asleep. Yeah. When we're, our mind is not engaged. You know, we're just, we are asleep. Sure. And I shot up out of bed with my hands raised and shouted out, Hallelujah! <laughs> and I thought, what is going on? Oh, and my gosh. There, there was just this power in this presence of the Lord in the room. And some of y'all out there... You might think I'm crazy, but some of y'all know for sure what I'm talking about because you've had similar encounters. Yeah. And my chest was just on fire. I felt electricity just surging through my chest. And I thought, man, the Lord is healing me right now. Yeah. Like, I just had this open heart surgery. Now he's going to heal me. But it wasn't a healing that was taking place. I believe what was happening was a commissioning, a calling a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we do believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit at Abundant Life Church. We will, Amen. We can get into that in another <laughs> program. But and then look, I'm hopefully I'm not going to run your your viewers off, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, your listeners off, and I fell back into the bed, and I heard the audible voice of God. I mean, it wasn't like He's speaking right now, but internally inside my spirit, yeah, I heard Him clearly speak, and He said, "Go and be about your Father's work." And then he followed that with up is uh, just as you give, receive. So awesome. there was a commissioning and there was a feeling that took place. And then after that, I began to see Christ on the cross and just him crucified and people spitting on him. It just, it was an amazing encounter. And I was so oh, man. <laughs> and anyway, I could go into it forever. Yeah. But, but yes, yeah, so anyhow, that's what the original question was. But. <laughs> So that's kind of where it started, where you know, started, when you knew man. that you were going to go into ministry at some point. And I ran, you know, um, like most people do. Oh, yeah. I ran, sure. man. I ran from the call. <laughs> I knew I was called, but I, uh, you know, followed my own plans. Yeah. Anyway, got married, went to law school, couldn't quit drinking. It's, yeah. It's like a country song. Yeah. <laughs> but it was faithful, man. I love the Lord. I really did. I love the Lord. and. There was just this uh, long, extended season in my life where I was just—I was the prodigal kind. I was being disobedient. What would you say to to people? Because I think that's something a lot of people can relate to. Um, they love the Lord. Yeah. They're really trying to grow, but they're stuck in that season where they can't make X, Y, and Z changes. Um, they uh, feel like a hypocrite. They don't want to be a hypocrite. Right. Um, but it's like, how do I transition? Man, what? Uh, you find that the answer to that? <laughs> I, I think there's so many elements and variables to it. And, and I've been there, and I understand yep. it. And that's probably one of the biggest uh, things that I see as a pastor now for about a year and a half or so. Is yes, there's people that love the Lord, mm -hmm. and, but they are they have these strongholds uh, okay. in their life, and a lot of times, you know, it's addiction or mm -hmm. alcoholism. That's what it was for me for a long time. But I have a scripture here that I want to read. Sure. Because it really kind of kind of goes along with this, but so when I was when I was drinking on a daily basis mm -hmm. and at the same time leading worship on a Sunday morning, you know, yeah. I had this hidden sin in my life. I still really love the Lord. You know, the word says that uh the Holy Spirit bears witness to your spirit if you're his or not. And yeah. so a people a lot of people could look at my life in that season and they would they take a they take the word or they take a doctrinal position and they say, well, you probably weren't saved. You lost your salvation. Yeah. Well, I know that I know that I know that in my that season of my life, even though I was being disobedient, I still like David. Mm -hmm. Y'all read about David in the Bible. He did some terribly 
stupid things. Yeah. Uh, orchestrated the murder of a man, committed adultery. But God said he was a man after my own heart. After his own heart, yeah. A, a lot of people would not let, uh, pastors would not let David on their board of directors, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But God says he's a, he's a man after my own heart. Yeah. And so I was still a man after God's heart. Yeah. He still very much had my heart. <clears throat> and uh, I had a pastor ask me, he said, you don't you don't want to go to hell, do you? Referring to, you know, if you don't quit drinking, you're going to hell. Yeah. And, I, man, I thought about that. I'm like, well, of course, no, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> is that a trick question? <laughs> yeah, is that a yeah. trick question? And, but... The threat of going to hell, I just want everybody to see this. I, I am, there is a, a hell, it is a very real place, so I'm not preaching against hell. But the threat of going to hell didn't pull me out of that alcoholism. There's so much in that, I for sure. I continued to drink, man. Yeah. I continued to, but what did is John 14:15 says this. Uh, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And in the Greek, that word love can mean if you take pleasure in. Mm, So when we take pleasure in the Lord, and when we take delight in the Lord, I think obedience is a natural response. Yeah. So because I truly love the Lord, you know. And it was a progressive process. It was a progressive process. I couldn't stay uh, where I I was at. Yeah. And, uh, And the thing is, God, here's, we approach the Lord. A lot of times as a machine, mm-hmm. and he's not a machine. He's not a lever you can pull or a button you can push and you get a response. Yeah. He's a person. No, for sure. And, I mean, that makes me think of so many things. Um, for instance, there's been a lot that's been studied about the difference between positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement. Yeah. And positive reinforcement is so much more effective in most of the studies um, versus negative reinforcement. So it was your love of the Lord yeah. that began to make those changes in your life versus the negative threat of going to hell. Right, um, right. And again, like you're saying, you're not disputing that whether or no. not hell's real or anything, but it's really, from like a behavioral standpoint, that's a really interesting thing, I think, for, for people to think about. Right. Um, I'm sure it's going to be different for every individual. I think um, so. But, uh, but I think there's a lot of uh, just yeah. lessons in that. Yeah, because I mean, again, I'm not, <clears throat> there is a very, hell is a very real place, mm-hmm. and you do not want to go there. And it, I think it is different because Jonathan Edwards, you know, the great yeah. revivalist, uh, he he preached sinners in the hands of an angry God. Yeah. And, you know, people, there was a revival that broke out. Yeah. People got saved. People were so convicted about going to hell. Yeah. Like this, if you read some accounts, there are like claw marks in the back of the pews because there was such a distress. <laughs> and in uh, in accounts, there's people that say it felt like the ground was opening up and they were fixing to go to hell. And yeah. so there was, man, people got saved. <laughs> they were motivated. Right. So yeah. please don't, yeah, yeah, don't hear me like, all right, pastor right there, don't believe in hell. It's <laughs> no. just all about gummy bears and love. <laughs> well, that's, <clears throat> you're uh, just sharing your testimony. That's it, you know, and it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, this gets into how we can't put God into a box. Or I know I've been guilty before um, because I definitely had some encounters with the Lord as well. Yeah. And I've been guilty of just kind of assuming that People should go through something similar if they want to, right. you know, arrive at whatever place. Um, and it's going to be different for everybody. Right. We all want everybody to share our own experience. Yeah, we do. My way is the best way. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It worked for me. Why is it not working for you? Exactly. Well, yeah, and there's that strong temptation. Uh, um, but anyways. Yeah, so I, I wrote something down here from a sermon um, a couple of weeks ago. 
But obedience that comes from any other place other than love really won't last. Yeah. It's got it. Obedience has to come from love. And that's what Jesus says. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And, yeah. and a lot of times we try to obey out of rules or regulations or, or pleasing somebody else. And mm-hmm. It just won't last. It no. might, it, there might be a season of it. And, again, that's one of the things I see uh, as a pastor is people on fire for the Lord for about, you know, 20 minutes and yeah. then the, the, the other 40 minutes. Well, you know, I mean, like yeah. there's just a, a moment where they're excited about their walk. But yeah. you've got to fall in. People say, how did, you, how did you do it? I said, I fell head over heels in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds cliche, but yeah. it's, I mean that's just it. No, that's got to be everything, man. Heart, mind, soul, and strength. Yeah, I mean I, I've talked about, you know, when I got saved, I did a. There was a long lead up to this, and I was like a seeker of truth, and I tried many different uh, types of religions and spirituality and mm-hmm. uh, philosophies and all these different things, and then I did a two week fast to find out who Jesus was, yeah. um, and the rest is history. But I remember, you know, my encounter. Like, the love was just so tremendous. Yeah. I mean, it was just overwhelming. Right. Um, I mean, to the point, I, I had no idea how to communicate to people what had happened. Right. Right. Um, but it was that love that yeah. was the shift. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, I mean, there was a power and authority, right. you know, in right. there for sure. Right. Um, but it was just like the love was just like brought you to your knees. In my um, encounter, it was kind of the same way. Yeah. There was this power and this mm. authority, and in, in I honestly was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. There was a fear because there was a holy god in my room you know yeah i know that sounds crazy yeah but it to where he had to he had to back off because he, he understood man i was like i was terrified <laughs> but mixed in there it's like it mixed in there was just the element of love man mm-hmm. and john first john tells us what god is yep. love man yep. god is love yes no and that's um I think we got to continue to keep the main thing the main thing. You know, yeah. God is love. Yeah. Um, and that's just, a, you know, those concepts are, are really important, but it also has to be married with, Man. you know, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, Dang. and life. And the only way to the Father is yeah. through the Son. That's it. Um, uh, because I, people can take the God is love thing right. and end up in, in la-la land. And I don't mean that as a judgment. I mean right. that as a... A guy that fell into all those traps, looking right. for love in all the wrong places. Right, right. Um, but Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, he and life. He is the only way, the truth, it, and life. There yeah. is no other way to come to the Father except yeah. through Christ. Yeah. The Father sent Christ. Christ came. Mm-hmm. This perfect representation of the Father, so that we could be be drawn to Him. And, and there is yeah. there is no other way. No. Uh, man, I was going to say something, and I forgot what it was. <laughs> and it was really good. Oh no! It's going to oh, come. Oh, here it is. Yeah. yeah. So. You're talking about, we're talking about, like, uh, this holy God, but yet he wants fellowship with us, you know? Yeah. And it makes me think of, uh, in the, we've been talking about the tabernacle of Moses. Yes. And hopefully I can communicate this well, because we don't really have a whole lot to go on. But in the tabernacle of Moses, <clears throat> you have seven articles of furniture. And, and the first one that Moses was told to build yeah. was the Ark of the Covenant. Now, this was the place where the priests went once a year. Yeah. Uh, for the, and they would give a, a, the atonement for Israel, you know, for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. And they went once a year, and there was a thick veil that was really there to keep the priests out. Yes. 
they would go in, you know, and, and, and history says they would have like a, a rope tied to their ankle just in case God didn't receive their offering, you know, and they were struck dead. Yeah. There was a, you know. The body could be drug out. Oh, could drag you out. <laughs> they would have little bells on their, on you know, on their robe so you could hear if they were still moving around in there. I mean, it was a very holy, sacred place. Yeah. There was this cloud on top of the tent of meeting over the Holy of Holies that, that would be a cloud of fire at night. And so. The whole, it's, so God told Moses to build the Ark of the Covenant first. That's where he dwelt in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And it was this, you know, it really spoke of this holy God who is like separate and otherworldly, you know, somebody to fear. Yeah. But the second article of furniture that he told them to make was the, the table of showbread. Yes. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Because the table of showbread, the, the priest would eat this bread would be changed out weekly and they were to consume it and to eat it and it was called the bread of the presence and yeah. it represented Christ but the table of showbread speaks of how God this holy otherworldly amazing God wants fellowship yes. you know, that's what we do right when we eat yeah we're fellowshipping yeah i mean especially in that culture at the time one of the most intimate oh. Yeah. You know, personal things you could do was be, you know, to share a meal yeah. and to uh, break bread. Yeah. And um, it's funny when you were talking about your encounter in the hospital, uh-huh. and what the what the Lord tell you again that um, you needed to give. So go and be about your father's work. Yeah, <clears throat> and just as you give, receive. And you know, that made me think of um, one of the things that uh, has always stuck with me is, you know, when the Lord gives you something, there's almost a a, a time period where you want to give it out. Um, quickly and you want to share what the Lord's given you, you know, assuming the Holy Spirit gives you permission and that kind of stuff. And it makes me think about, you know, the bread was changed out weekly because organic food, bread, it goes stale after a certain point. Dude, that Um, is so good. And I think that's where a lot of Christians get stuck to is they receive these things, but they forget about the importance of giving and the Great Commission and go out into the world and share what the Lord's given to you, uh, share your testimony. And I think that's a lot of times where their faith gets stale. Right. Um, because if your whole walk is just taking in from the Lord, just prayer, just reading scripture, and you're not in community, and you're not sharing what the Lord has done, and you're not a part of the larger kingdom, um, it gets stale. It does get um, stale. So I think that's a really important concept. You know, the Lord does want us to receive from Him, but also, yeah. you know, give out what He gives you. I'm trying to think of what the scripture is because for years, I know this sounds crazy. <laughs> I, I told Lindsay this the other day too, and she's like, well, yeah, duh. But there's a scripture that says, um, give and it shall be given unto you. Yeah. Uh, pressed down, shaken, running over in your lap. You yes. Know? And I don't know why, but I never, sometimes God just doesn't reveal things to us or he keeps mm-hmm. things hidden from us. Yeah. And for some reason, for years, I was like, where? You know, where is it saying the Bible give and, you know, it shall be given unto you? Yeah. And I searched the scriptures, and I'm sure I came across that one, but God had hidden it from me. Yeah. And the other day, I don't know, I was just reading it, and I was like, mm. oh, my Lord, there it is. Where is that again? Uh, I'm at the, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, it's, I don't know. I need to go I, look I, it up, yeah. Give and it shall be given unto you, you know. Yeah. With but, Google, you can probably do a word search. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 uh, but, I mean, and it's a common scripture, but sometimes God just hides things from us. And I was like. Man, One, there it is. Yes, yes, yes. And this is this is kind of random, but since we're talking about uh, Googling scriptures and stuff, uh, one of the things that I've been taught that I find is really beneficial is anytime I look up something, 
I say, where is it? Where is it in the Bible? Yeah. Quote unquote, in the Bible. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times, if you'll look up things, it'll spin you into all kinds of different directions. Right. Right. Um, so I always include that when I want to find something in the Bible. Yeah. I always include in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, such and such. Um, I know that's kind of random, but. One of the things that's always stuck with me since the day I got saved is the scripture, you know, even the most elect among them will be deceived. Right. Um, and these are right. really, you know, it would be so easy to take what you and I are talking about yeah. and put these weird spins on it yeah. um, and twists and turns. And it's it's so important to not get wrapped up um, in all these different traps because there, there's so many. And I don't mean that as a judgment. I just mean that as an observation. Um, you know, God's already judged <laughs> these things. Um, but just in an effort to, to stay safe, when you're doing Google searches, I would highly recommend just every time you're trying to find something in the Bible, where is such and such in the Bible? Yeah, and, and go to Bible Hub is a good one. Yeah. <clears throat> it'll, it's, man, it'll break down the Greek, the Hebrew. It'll tell you all the different translations that are safe to yeah. read. Uh, Bible Gateway is a good one as well, Yeah, for sure. But Luke six thirty eight, I just found it. Real Luke quick. six, okay. Yeah, so uh, give and uh, I mean, there's so many different translations we could read, but I'll read the English Standard Version. Yeah, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. I like how it's going to be put in my lap. <laughs> Come on, man. Amen. Just amen. Bring it to my lap, Lord. Uh, well, well we've ran out of time. Oh, what? It's, it's crazy. I know. Okay, I know. I know. Uh, but will you close us in prayer, and then will, yeah. and then we'll close out? Uh, Father God, I just want to thank you uh, just for, for your love. I, yes. I'm grateful for your holiness, too, Lord, that you are just this God um, to be feared. But at the same time, you're such an anomaly, Lord, because you are this holy God who's set apart. But you desire for us to come to you. And so I thank you, Jesus, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the only one that can bring us to the Father. And if there's anybody out there today listening who has never made Jesus the Lord of their life, right now, Father, I pray that your presence, Holy Spirit, you would come and you would bring conviction to them. Yes. Uh, Lord, you, you would deal with them where they're at, Father, and that they would call upon your name and be saved and be transformed and enter into a place of repentance in relationship with you. So we love you. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, this was good stuff. I really appreciate you joining us again. Um, Just so the listeners know, we do this the fourth Monday of every month. So the fourth Monday of every month, 7 a.m., you can hear Josh and I talk about the spiritual side of health. Um, But it's, it's always a fun show. Uh, It's always just interesting to hear these different perspectives. We hope this was a blessing to you guys. But we'll go ahead and close out. Um, Once again, my name is Dr. Brad Shapiro with Ultimate Health. uh, Available five days a week, Monday through Friday. You can reach us at area code 931-967-6308. Also want to encourage you to check us out on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash ultimatechiropractic. And then last but not least, check out our website at www.ultimatehealthtn.com. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And do you want to give the vitals of the church real fast? Sure, yeah. Come come see us Sunday morning at 1030, 3310 Cowan Highway. We set up on a little hill there, Abundant Life Church. I promise you, you will experience the presence of the Lord. Um, you can check out our website. I think it's AbundantLifeWin.org. You can go to Facebook and search for ALC Winchester, I believe, Abundant Life Winchester. But, yeah. man, yeah, come check us out. God wants to do something amazing in your life. Absolutely. 
Hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you Monday of next week at 7 a.m.